for you. I'm sure you, many of you are, have seen the Geico commercial spot called Spy, featuring a James Bond type of hero who is fighting off the villains on top of the building. Have you seen that on TV? All of a sudden, the phone rings. He answers it, and it's his delightful mother interrupting him. The punchline, the Geico announcer says, if you're a mom, you call what? At the worst time. It's what you do. Well, contrary to that Geico commercial, a mother's timing is impeccable. It is perfect. It is always true. And we are here this morning to bring honor to our mothers. In fact, there is a, a cartoon in a famous Saturday evening post by Norman Rockwell about the tremendous influence mothers have in our home. You may have seen that years ago. This cartoon showed a boy about five or six years old talking on the telephone to his friend, saying anxiously, my mother's in the hospital. He says, you know what that means? It means that the twins, Roxy and Billy, and our dog Sally, and me and dad are all home alone. <laughs> and that's true. That is so true. If mom is not home, they are truly alone. And I experienced that a couple days ago. Missy had stepped out of the house to run some errands. And I was at home with my son, Vincent, and Grant Parker. And a few minutes later, Vincent asked me, he says, Dad, where's mom? Where's mom at? I'm looking, I'm thinking, what am I, chopped liver? <laughs> Wait a minute. No, moms are truly the centerpieces of our home. You know, my mom went home to be with the Lord a few years ago, and I truly, truly miss her, and there's a tremendous void there in our family. Now, on the spiritual side, there have been many wonderful mothers in the Bible, such as Hannah and Eunice. Hannah greatly influenced Samuel, who became the Old Testament priest, Israel's kingmaker, as they call him. Timothy became the Apostle Paul's protege and right-hand man, all because of Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and mother Eunice, who were involved in Timothy coming to believe in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. We see that in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. And these biblical examples truly show that mothers have a tremendous impact on their children, placing their faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. On this being Mother's Day, I want to honor our grandmothers, current mothers, future mothers, and all of us who have had mothers, as Pastor Milton did, by looking at Paul's letter to the Romans. So I invite you, if you have your Bibles, to turn with me to Romans chapter 16. Romans chapter 16. A little background as you're turning there. In the book of Romans, this marvelous, profound epistle called Romans was written by Paul in Corinth in A.D. 56, towards the end of his first visit there. Now, Paul's main purpose for writing this letter to the Romans was not to correct theological error or aberrant Christian behavior, but to teach the believers who, had never, who were never exposed to apostolic teaching the great truths of the gospel of grace. Now, as you all know, the, the letter to the Romans is a very popular epistle whose main theme is that God justifies and declares sinners righteous through faith alone in Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 15, verses 14 to 33, Paul focused on his relationship to the Lord in his earthly ministry. Whereas we come to Romans chapter 16, it is a chapter that is often overlooked by many preachers, Bible teachers, and students. And if I took a survey this morning and asked you how many of you have studied Romans chapter 16 in depth, how many of you could raise your hand? And why is that true? Well, if you look at Romans chapter 16, it has no doctrinal teaching. 
In fact, the majority of the chapter focuses on Paul's greetings and a list of about 33 Christian heroes who are Paul's humble associates. These people represented both Jewish and Gentile believers whom Paul depended upon, who faithfully served with him in the church. Well, just like 1 Corinthians is considered the, the love chapter, Romans chapter 16 could also be called the love chapter because it contains 24 verses that show extensively more than any other New Testament epistle that the Apostle Paul wrote, his intimate affection, his agape love, and appreciation for those who personally served him and with him in ministry. Now, isn't it interesting that when you serve and are involved in a local church ministry, you develop a a special bond, right, with those who are, are in the trenches with you, who are serving alongside of you. And I know that as I poke my head into nursery rooms on Sunday morning, there are those dear ladies who are faithfully serving us, holding those crying babies, right? I mean, when you think about that, that is, that's a tough assignment to have. But by the way, there's, there's nothing wrong with crying babies. There's nothing wrong with babies. Keep having them. You know, continue to build our children's ministries. But these ladies have, have developed a special bond, a special connection with each other. Well, chapter 16 also provides us with a little insight into the lives of those who might, might call ordinary or unknown Christians of the first century church. But they are, in God's eyes, they are very important to the building of his kingdom. One commentator said this about these ordinary Christians. He says, these ordinary Christians were as much Paul's brothers and sisters in Christ as Peter, James, John, and the other New Testament notables. Well, there is one godly, exceptional woman whom Paul showed his love and affection for that I want to introduce to you and honor her this morning here on Mother's Day. Her name is Phoebe. Do you remember what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1? He said to what? To be imitators of me just as I am of who? Of Christ, of Jesus Christ. That's right. Well, like Paul did, I want to give you a front row seat to view Phoebe's outstanding Christian character, one in which we all could imitate this morning. And we will see that Phoebe was an imitator not only of Paul, but of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And God highly honors her in dedicating two verses to her this morning. Let's read Romans chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. Paul says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who was a servant of the church, which is at Centria, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever manner she may have need of you, for she herself has been a helper of many and of myself as well. So from the eyes of the Apostle Paul, we are provided a a mini-biography, highlights of of Phoebe's honorable lifestyle, which is why Paul commended Phoebe. And if you look down in verse 2, he implored the believers in Rome to receive her in the Lord when she comes to visit your church. Well, like Phoebe, as believers, we all desire to be honored by our Lord Jesus Christ, don't we? You know, today our, our world honors those who have made the Forbes Top 10 Billionaires list. I don't know if you've seen the latest list that's out there. And Bill Gates, in case you're wondering, leads that list. His net worth is about $75 billion. Or the world honors those who look like models, or who are superstars, or who are super athletes, or have the most expensive cars, or the largest mansions. Well, what does it take? What does it take for a Christian to be honored by Jesus Christ? And they hear those words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. 
In Romans chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul honored Phoebe in five distinct ways. The first way Paul distinctly honored Phoebe, if you're taking notes in your outline, was by saying that Phoebe was a sister in Christ. Phoebe was a sister in Christ. Now, when we spend some time developing the first two points of our outline, in order to bring out some critical issues before we really dive in to the points that you have on your outline. You know, the name Phoebe means bright, radiant, or pure. I mean, even her name describes the type of woman she was. She was pure and totally devoted to God. Now, nothing is said in these two verses on whether Phoebe was a married woman, but we do know that she faithfully attended a church possibly planted by Paul in Centria, which was a seaport city six miles from Corinth. So Paul says here, if you look at verse 1, I commend to you our sister Phoebe. Notice here Paul uses the personal pronoun I because he wants to bring attention and establish a very critical point to the believers there in Rome. As you look further in the verse, the word commend consists of two Greek words, soon and histamine. Soon is a preposition which means together. Histamine means to stand nearby or in support of someone. So Paul is saying that he is standing with Phoebe and he gives her his apostolic seal of approval. Whenever you commend someone, it means that you are praising them, that you are recognizing someone for an outstanding performance, for a job well done. Well, we as believers, as I was thinking about about this, we should always look daily to find ways to commend someone, our wives, our children, someone we serve with, someone we work with, for a job well done. Well, however, a man commending a woman in Paul's day was, was unheard of. In fact, one commentator said this on the way women were treated in Paul's day. He said the Greek, Roman, and Jewish cultures viewed women almost on a level of possessions. Jewish rabbis did not teach women, and the Jewish Talmud said it was better to burn the Torah than to teach it to a woman. Can you imagine that? Well, the Apostle Paul did not worry about the, his unblemished reputation when he commended Phoebe to the believers in Rome and tells them to receive her when she comes. Now, these are great verses. These are great verses to teach us husbands and men on how we need to view and treat our spouses and other women. Now, I know some of you this morning may be going through some very difficult times with your wives and mother. I, I understand that and have compassion on you. We need to lift up your name before God and prayer. But overall, our treatment of women must be carried out with respect, especially for those women who are believers in Jesus Christ. Women must be treated with honor, like Paul did here with Phoebe. Paul praised Phoebe, but he also uses the word commend here in this verse to introduce Phoebe to the church in Rome. In fact, the exact word commend was also used by Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. For instance, turn with me there very quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul begins this chapter by asking two questions. He says, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need as some letters of commendation to you or from you? Paul used the word commend here to reintroduce himself to the Corinthian believers in a, in a sarcastic way. Because they were listening to the false teachers who constantly attacked Paul's competency as a preacher of the gospel. Well, why did Paul have to introduce Phoebe to the church in Rome? Because Phoebe needed carte blanche. 
She needed car blanche for Paul because she possibly, listen to this, was the one who delivered the letter to the church in Rome. John Calvin agreed that Phoebe delivered the letter and says, He, Paul, first commends to them Phoebe, to whom he gave this epistle to be brought to them. Now, I believe Paul also wanted to open the eyes of the believers in the church at Rome and to tell them that God was allowing women to play a vital role to participate in the building of his kingdom. We sang this morning during worship, let your kingdom come, right? Well, God also uses women to help build his kingdom. In fact, John MacArthur says this about Paul committing Phoebe and her delivering this letter. He said, it should thrill us, frankly, to find him so gracious and so generous and so commending of this dear woman. She bears the gospel of God. In the book of Hebrews, it tells us that the law of God was brought to men by angels. And here is something for this age and this dispensation more important than the Old Testament law, more important than the Mosaic legislation. Here is a gospel of the living God, not entrusted to the angels, but to one faithful lady. It is almost certain that Phoebe delivered this letter in person to the church at Rome, a responsibility of considerable magnitude. What a commendation of the kind of woman she was to bear the message of the gospel of grace to the center of the Gentile world, the city of Rome. Wow, ladies, that is amazing. That is great. If God used Phoebe in Paul's day, he can use you mightily this morning to help build his kingdom for an eternity in your home and also in a local church with your specific God-ordained roles. You know, Jesus Christ and Christianity freed and liberated women from tyranny, from being looked down upon as second-class citizens, and elevated women to unprecedented heights. For instance, turn with me to Galatians chapter 3. Let me show that what I mean in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. Paul says this, Well, all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female, for you are all what? One in Christ. These verses tell us that we are all one in Christ because of our identification and union with him and his death, his burial, and resurrection, as Romans chapter 6, verses 1 also tells us that. One commentator said this. He said, Jesus loved, showed love and respect for women. Jesus never took the position that women, by their very nature, could not understand spiritual or theological truths. You know, Missy and I discuss theological issues, doctrines, and their applications all the time while we're at, we're at home. And many times she's right. She's, she, she gets it right better than I do. Sometimes she understands it better than I do. But as we think about Christ's respect in women, did you know that several women were part of Jesus' first disciples? Did you know that? For instance, turn with me to Luke chapter 8. Let me show you what I mean. And Luke chapter 8. We'll start with verse 1, Luke chapter 8. Paul says here in Luke chapter 8, Soon afterwards, he, Jesus, began going around from one city and village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him. But look what verse 2 says. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses, Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others who were contributing to their support out of their private means. And remember a few weeks ago, we heard a beautiful sermon from Pastor Milton 
on Resurrection Sunday in John chapter 20, verses 17 to 18, on how God allowed Mary Magdalene to be the apostle, the messenger to the apostles, informing them that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. I mean, that was great insight. And what an eye-opening thought that was for me when I heard that. Well, as we come back to Romans chapter 16, Phoebe must have been a very brave woman because of her willingness to deliver this letter. You know, in the United States, we, we can travel freely from state to state without any type of danger. Well, travelers in Paul's day didn't have that luxury of the brave men and women of the CHP, the, the sheriff's department, and law enforcement patrolling our freeways or streets like we have here in Southern California. Well, traveling on the road in Paul's day was like being on a suicide mission. It was a very dangerous undertaking. In fact, John MacArthur says, as he says, traveling in those days was often hazardous. And a few inns that existed usually were connected with the worst sort of taverns, many of which were also brothels. Consequently, letters of commendation were routinely given to travelers by friends who had relatives or friends along the way who could provide food, lodging, and sometimes escorts through dangerous areas. For Phoebe to carry this letter, she was a very brave woman. So back to our first point of your outline. The first distinct way Paul honored Phoebe was by saying that Phoebe was a sister in Christ. You know the phrase there, our sister, says that Phoebe was regenerated and was placed into the family of God. To see what I mean by this, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. Paul says this, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. The word baptism there means identification with Christ. This means that all believers, by saving faith, have been united and it has an identification with Jesus Christ and placed into the family of God by the Holy Spirit. Well, John Piper takes this further and says, Theologically, she, Phoebe, and you have the same Father in heaven and are moving toward the same inheritance of eternal life. In fact, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 tells us that a person who trusts in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior becomes brothers and sisters in his divine household. So Paul commends Phoebe by saying that she is our dear sister. So receive her when she comes because she is part of family. She is part of family. That's a great application for us too. If someone claims to be a Christian and it doesn't matter what ethnic background, stage of life, job status, or position, we should welcome them as a brother and sister in Christ and as family, too. For instance, this is what attracted our family to Cornerstone a few years ago. Now, if you look around Cornerstone, you see that Cornerstone is a multicultural church, right? And we were, we were all welcome to be part of your family here at Cornerstone. You know, God provides us here at Cornerstone well, and what a blessing it is to be here at Cornerstone with a little picture of heaven, isn't it? When you look around, many different cultures, many different ages, ethnic groups are here. Well, Paul has more to say as he honors this radiant woman named Phoebe, whom we could all imitate, which leads us to the second way Paul distinctly honors Phoebe. He says, Phoebe was a servant in the church. Phoebe was a servant in the church. Look at verse 1. He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who was a servant of the church, which is at Centria. How blessed you are if you are a servant of our Lord 
Jesus Christ. You know, the word servant is from the Greek word diakonos, where we get the Greek word deacon, which did not come become an official office until we see it spoken about in 1 Timothy chapter 3. But the noun deacon literally, literally means one who faithfully serves our Lord by serving the elders and the pastors in the church. This word servant was also used in the Gospel of John, if you remember, for those who brought water after the, after the wine was ran out at the wedding of Cana. Remember that? For instance, turn with me to John chapter 2. In John chapter 2, verse, John chapter two, verse 1, we see that where the word servant was used also. The miracle at Cana. It says in verse 1, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. But the wine ran out. But when the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what does that have to do with us? My hour has not yet come. And I just want to take a brief moment there to explain that Jesus was not disrespecting his mother. By saying woman. In fact, the word there in the Greek is really ma'am, is what he's saying. Or dear ma'am, is what he says. So he loved, he loved his mo- mother. But in verse 5, it says here, His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do. And look at verse 6. Now, there were six stone water pots set there for the Jewish custom of purification, containing 20 or 30 gallons each. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, so they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the head waiter. So they took it to him. When the head waiter tasted the water, which had become wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants, right, the diakonos, who had drawn the water knew, the head waiter called the bridegroom. Jesus turning water into wine was the first of many miracles Jesus performed to prove, to show that he was the Messiah the Son of God. Now, for more of a description regarding servant or deacon, is let me just briefly look at 1 Timothy chapter 3. If you want to turn there briefly, that, that's fine. But in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, we find a little bit more of a description of what a deacon was, what a deacon did in a church. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, if you look at verses 2 to 7, you see the qualifications of an elder. An overseer there must be above reproach, a husband of one wife, temperate, prudent, respectable, honorable, able to teach. Verse 3 says, not addicted to wine or pugnacious, but gentle, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. Verse 5 says, if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of the church of God? If you drop down to verse 8, you notice there that deacons must also be men of dignity as we look at the qualifications of deacons. But look at verse 11 as we see the qualifications of a deaconess. Your verse may start at verse 11 by saying, likewise... Mine says women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. I think it's important for us to look at verse 11, because verse 11 gives us a little bit more insight into Phoebe's lifestyle, into her character. Paul honored Phoebe by calling her a servant. Paul honored Phoebe because she was a dignified woman. Dignified means that she was serious in mind and character about God. Are you serious this morning about God in your mind and in your lifestyle this morning? Are you faithfully devoted to Jesus Christ like Phoebe was? The verse goes on to say in verse 11, she was not a malicious gossip in other people's business. Phoebe was temperate, meaning that she was sober-minded. But it also says there, as regarding the qualification of a deaconess, that she was faithful She was trustworthy. 
She was full in, of integrity in all parts of her life, which is why Paul picked Phoebe to deliver this letter. One commentator said this, there were, of course, no copiers or carbon paper in those days, and even the simplest writing materials were very expensive. It was therefore highly unlikely that Paul, through the hand of Tertius, his secretary, we see that in Romans chapter 16, verse 22, made more than one copy of the letter, speaking about Romans. Since Paul realized that this letter would become part of God's written word, he knew that the truths he imparted in this letter had the mark of divine authenticity. He would therefore have made certain that this epistle to the Romans was entrusted only to the most reliable of persons. For instance, it would be like you asking someone to carry a diamond ring to you, uh, carry a diamond ring to someone, or to carry a, a crystal bowl to a friend. You would only trust the most reliable person. Now, as we think about Phoebe being a servant, we can say two other aspects about Phoebe being a servant at the church in Centria. First, we could say that Phoebe was a, a servant in the church at Centria. William McRae says this about Phoebe. He says, a person with a gift of service has an unusual capacity to serve faithfully behind the scenes in practical ways to assist in the work of the Lord and encourage and strengthen others spiritually. Now, as far as we know, the text does not tell us, but Phoebe did not, we don't know if she had an upfront ministry. She may have had more of a background type of ministry. For instance, as we think about that, here at Cornerstone, we have men and women who serve faithfully for the Lord behind the scenes, who are helping to build God's kingdom, who, for the most part, go unnoticed. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about the ministries that are here at Cornerstone, so many ministries, but so many people who are behind the scenes allowing these ministries to take place. And our Sunday school staff, our children's check-in, our care group staff, children's staff, nursery ministry, women's ministry, Sawana, college and career. I know I'm going to miss some of the ministries, so I couldn't list them all. But counting the money offering team, I don't know exactly what their, what their title is, but they, they collect the money, they're the offering, and they, they, go, they go into the, the room back then and they count the money for us to make sure we're being good stewards of our money. The security team and our church secretaries, all of these people working behind the scenes in order for ministry to prosper here at Cornerstone. Critical ministries, and I thank God for every one of you. Praise the Lord. And how do I know that? Because our family... Our family has benefited from you all serving us here at Cornerstone, and we thank you for that. So, ladies and men, maybe you are serving here at Cornerstone and are behind the scenes, and you think nobody is noticing you. That's not true. God notices you, doesn't he? God knows that you are serving faithfully for him. Secondly, we could say that Phoebe, as we talk about her being a servant, was a servant of the church at Centria. Phoebe was like an ambassador. She was like a representative of the church in Centria delivering this critical letter. For instance, when the President of the United States sends his ambassador to other countries, it is on behalf of our country, right? This ambassador might have a, a critical document or message from the President to deliver to a foreign country's leader. And I was thinking about that, just like Pastor Milton and Donna traveled to Albania. They were servants of and from Cornerstone as ambassadors who represented all of us here this morning. From what I understand, Pastor Milton went there and he delivered the word of God about 19 times in seven days. Isn't that amazing when you think about that? 
Well, John MacArthur says this, when this special lady arrived in Rome and presented believers there with Paul's letter, they must have realized his great trust in her even before they read this personal commendation. It would immediately be evident that she deserved their greatest admiration, appreciation, and respect. You know, Hebrews chapter 1, we won't turn this morning, but Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 to 3 tells us that God sent Jesus Christ who was the exact representation of God, to die on the cross on behalf of us for our sins so that you and I could have eternal life. He is the exact representation of who God is, the exact nature of God the Father. And I hope you embrace Jesus Christ this morning as your Lord and Savior. If you have not placed your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do so this morning. Repent of your sins. Ask God to save you from your sins. But why is it so important? Why is it so important to follow Phoebe's example, to be a faithful servant in the local church? Well, one reason, just being in children's ministry, is that children are watching. Children are watching you. Our children, who are the future generation of the church, are watching you serve Jesus Christ. You know, your service to God can become spiritually contagious to your children. For example, when I was at Grace Community Church, there was a Sunday school teacher named Mrs. Clint who taught God's Word, taught the Word of God to second graders. And let me just give you a little short bio of her. She was born on January 31st, 1898. And she died on, in the year of 2006 at the age of 108. And as a practice, Mrs. Clint's father was, talk about watching your parents, was transferred to a new church every two years. He was, a, she was, he was a pastor. Mrs. Clint was active in serving the Lord and playing the piano at church, teaching Sunday school to second graders, and accompanying her father to Sunday afternoon preaching services. Mrs. Clint's faithfulness in teaching God's Word from 1956 through 2005, as well as her love for the Savior, her family, and fellow mankind is a sweet legacy that she leaves to believers awaiting the return of Jesus Christ. And speaking of les- legacy, as a result her, of her faithfulness and just of teaching the Word of God, her sons, Bill and Harry, also served, guess where, in Sunday school. And I, I understand are still teaching in Sunday school. And our faithful ushers there at Grace Community Church. And not only are her sons serving, but guess what? Her grandsons also are serving as ushers and in other ways. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what our Lord Jesus Christ said to Mrs. Clint when she arrived in heaven? I said 2005 and and 2006. Can you imagine what he said to her? Well done, what? Thy good and faithful servant. Wow, what a tremendous legacy as a faithful parent that you have not only to your children, but to everyone here in the church. Phoebe and Mrs. Clint have an outstanding legacy, which leads us to the third way Paul distinctly honored Phoebe. He said Phoebe was worthy to be received as a saint. Phoebe Phoebe was worthy to be received as a saint. Look at verse 2 of Romans chapter 16. Paul says that you receive from the Lord in a manner worthy of, of the saints. You know, Paul used the noun saint many times in his greetings as he wrote his epistles in the New Testament. 
A saint describes someone who is saved and set apart from sin. And they have dedicated themselves to live a holy life for God. In fact, Phoebe's name means pure, right? Kind of fits her name there. But Paul said to receive Phoebe in your church because she is a saint. The word receive there has the idea of opening one's home and showing hospitality to a traveler. It's like how you would embrace a sibling or, or a dear friend or a close relative and, and bring them into your living room. You are welcoming them with open arms. Receive is the same word Paul used in Philemon, verses 12 to 17, when, he, when Paul told Onesimus to receive Philemon, his runaway slave, warmly because he had trusted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. But not only welcome Phoebe, but to receive her in the Lord. You know, as you look at that phrase, receive her in the Lord, the preposition in is critical. A very, very important word here. Phoebe was worthy to be received because she had a direct relationship. That's what the preposition in means. She had a direct relationship and association with her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. When a person trusts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they have the righteousness of Christ imputed or deposited into your, their spiritual bank account, which was bankrupt because of sin. And now they have become a saint, a child of the king. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, He made him, Jesus Christ, to become sin for us. He didn't know any sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When Jesus Christ was on the cross, God, as he poured his wrath on Christ, which, by the way, you and I should have been on the cross paying for our sins, God treated Jesus Christ on the cross as if he were the one that sinned. But it wasn't him. It was us who sinned. It was us who deserved God's wrath. But Jesus Christ was a perfect substitute to pay for our sins. Well, God graciously regenerated and justified Phoebe and gave her Christ's righteousness, and she became a saint. Well, how was Phoebe to be received? Paul tells us in verse 2, in a manner worthy of the saints. Phoebe was, was to receive all the rights and privileges and entitlements of a true believer in Jesus Christ. And the question I ask again this morning is, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And are you associated with his death, burial, and resurrection this morning? And this is what God can do for you this morning. If you place your faith in Jesus Christ, he can make you a saint like he did with Phoebe, if you place your faith and trust in him. And again, I exhort for you to do that. So because Phoebe is, in God's eyes, righteous, she was to be received by the believers in Rome. But because Phoebe was righteous before God and a saint, does this preclude her and say that, that she would never have problems or need help in her life? No, it doesn't. Which leads us to our fourth distinct way Phoebe honored, Paul honored Phoebe by saying that Phoebe was worthy to be helped with her needs. Phoebe was worthy to be helped with her needs. Look at the second part of verse 2. That you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever matter she may have need of you. Paul says because Phoebe was a sister in Christ, because, because Phoebe was a servant in the church, and because Phoebe was a saint, she was to be received in a manner worthy of a believer in Jesus Christ. That they were to help her with whatever needs that she had. 
know, the word help there means to stand beside Phoebe, to hold and support her in whatever business affairs she might be engaged in. Some commenters believe that Phoebe may have been a businesswoman. And when she traveled to Rome, she needed help in order to engage in business affairs there. So whatever businesses she had there or had to accomplish in the city of Rome, she could take out that reference letter from the Apostle Paul and receive help from others. Well, why would Paul exhort the believers in Rome to receive her in a manner worthy of the saints and to help her in whatever matters she may have need of? Which leads us to our fifth and last way Paul distinctly honored Phoebe is that Phoebe was a helper of many. Look at verse 2. Paul says, For she herself has been a helper of many and of myself as well. Paul exhorted the believers in Rome to receive and help Phoebe with whatever needs she may have because she was a helper of many. She helped everyone, it seemed like, in that church. I know there are many of you in this church that does that also. You help people no matter what their needs may be. The Greek word for helper there implies that Phoebe was a very wealthy woman, full of integrity and high esteem, and one who would sacrificially help others financially and let traveling Christians stay at her home, including the Apostle Paul. When I think about Phoebe and her being so helpful to people, it reminds me of the parable our Lord Jesus Christ taught after his encounter with the rich young ruler. Remember that parable, the Good Samaritan? For instance, turn with me very quickly to Luke, Luke chapter 10. Very well-known parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, verse 30. Jesus replied, speaking, after answering a question from the rich young ruler, replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance, a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he what? He passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place, saw him, and what did he do? He passed by also on the other side. But notice in verse 33, but a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his own breast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the very next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I return, I will repay you. So Jesus asked the question, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And the rich young ruler said, the one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. So here in this parable, we have a priest who should have known what to do if he was a spiritual leader. We have a Levite, also a spiritual leader, who should have known what to do to show compassion to this person who was mugged by robbers. But then we have this Samaritan who was a, who was a happy, half Jewish, half Gentiles. And he was the only one to stop to help this man. The other two should have. They knew better. You know, when I thought, th- thought about that, I, you know, many religions in our day offer no help. They offer no help to people who are suffering and who are struggling in life. However, this Samaritan felt compassion for the man and provided aid for the man and brought him to the end. As I think about the Samaritan man, he, in some sense he represents Christianity. 
He represents Jesus Christ. He represents our God the Father who comes to us when we are hurting and lifts us up and supports us and comforts us. And God paid the ultimate price by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for our sins. Well, as we come back to Romans chapter 16, we see that and know that Centria there was a, was a very busy seaport. And many Christians came to transact business there and probably stayed in her home. And church history says that the church planted in Centria probably met in Phoebe's home. So like Jesus Christ is a helper of many, we see that Phoebe also was a helper of many, including Apostle Paul. And he even says that there in the last part of verse 2. He says that Phoebe has been a helper of many and of myself as well. You know, Paul was not afraid to ask or obtain help from someone, especially a woman. Paul asked Phoebe to deliver this critical letter, and he memorialized her in these two verses this morning. And may I encourage all of you ladies that God has always used women, and he still does, and he uses you mightily to help build his kingdom to come. Five distinct ways Paul honored Phoebe. Phoebe was a sister in Christ. Phoebe was a servant of the church. Phoebe was worthy to be received as a saint. Phoebe was worthy to be helped with her needs. And lastly, Phoebe was a helper of many. You know, John MacArthur says this. He says, although God inspired no woman to write a part of Scripture, he used Phoebe to transport the first copy of this marvelous letter which is one of the bedrocks of New Testament theology. This woman was emblematic of those countless women of God whom he has used and honored with great distinction within the framework of his divine plan. Phoebe was a radiant woman. Happy Mother's Day. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to look into your word this morning. And Father, many lessons for us to learn in many ways, in some sense, Father, we could be like Phoebe. Father, we saw that Phoebe was, belonged to the family of God, that Phoebe was a saint, that Phoebe was a servant, that Phoebe was a helper and helped many people. And we saw Phoebe, Father, desired to help even the Apostle Paul. So we pray, Father, this morning that we will be like Phoebe, that we will have a desire to help those who are in need, so that we too could be honored by our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, now as we take this offering, we pray that this offering will be used to further build your kingdom. For we love you and we thank you and we praise you. You are a great God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.